Hey Caleb, when you like Christian pages on Facebook and are like scrolling down your feed, what usually happens? I facepalm many times. Yeah. This is The Christian Artist. Honoring Christ through creativity. My name is Caleb. My name is Connor. Welcome to the 59th episode of The Christian Artist. Wow. And the main reason I'm saying 59 is because the 58th episode, um, which we haven't recorded yet, is going to be a review of The Shallows, because I want to get that out first, because that's, you know, movie, you know, want to get out as soon as possible when it comes out kind yeah. of thing. So Why are you telling the audience this? I have no idea. I'm mainly just telling you, actually, yeah. just to make sure that you don't think that the actual next episode was the 59th episode, because okay. it's actually the 58th. Okay. But we're just recording this one first, so. Right. Okay. Continue. What are we talking about today, Connor? Oh, uh, we are talking about... The Christian cliches that we just absolutely hate. Oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah. Sounds like that will not be anger-inducing at all. Yeah. Hey, anger is a virtue. <laughs> anger can be a virtue. Let's let's not get it twisted. Is, <laughs> no. Is. Ice Jesus for the win. No. Anyway, so tell me how the format of this episode is going to go. That was your job. I give you the ideas and you structure it. No, you, were, you literally were the one who came up with the format. But I forgot it. Okay, so you're well, supposed to remember. remember, it was going to be like something like, uh, you have a thing, and then I have a thing. I know one of them was Christian cliches, and then what was the other thing? Oh, it was going to be, we talk about the Christian cliches, either something that pe- that Christians do or something that they say that we just are like, you've got to be kidding me, mm-hmm. and then um, a Bible verse that people take out of context that we just can't stand. Right. Okay. Cool. And then um, after we get done with that, we're going to do a quick mix and match um, because, you know, we got to have some sort of art in this episode <laughs> because that's just a thing. But again, the last episode was totally about art. So yeah, you, you have listened to that and you're like, oh, good art. art. We have art on the show still. <laughs> yeah. We'll but just... we haven't recorded that yet. So you yes. never know. Maybe we'll just get into a theological debate. <laughs> about sharks. Yeah. Oh, dear. I mean, sharks are totally in the Bible. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't think they are, actually. I mean... Of course they are because it's like, yeah. hey, I've created all the yes, <laughs> the, the, the are, aquatic creatures. They are in one verse, but like, I don't think I they're don't ever think, mentioned exactly. I don't think they're ever mentioned specifically. Thou shalt not be in the water with the sharks. Like, I don't know. Anyway, Connor, do you want to go ahead and start us with your number one pet well, peeve? First, I just wanted to say that um, if you haven't noticed so far yet, guys, I actually trimmed my beard. Oh, so I'm actually looking for comments to you, see if you guys you like trimmed it your beard. Caleb trimmed my I beard. I trimmed your beard. There yeah, you go. Because he's a I'm, a... I'm a professional beard trimmer yeah. now. I'm mm-hmm. going to go into business, guys. It's going to be great. Looks, it looks pretty good. It's funny because this is a podcast, so they can't actually see you. Yeah. So That's why I said it. I know. It's stupid. and mm-hmm. It doesn't make any exactly. sense. Well, we, Just like what we're talking about re- today. Remember what we were talking about? Like, we wanted to do videos at some point. I always think, of like, hey, we should, like, record, like, a behind-the-scenes, like, hey, guys, this is where we record, and, like, this is what we usually do to record stuff, and That's then I always silly. forget about it. That's so. just silly, though. No, I'm sure they'd be interested in that. Okay, if you are listening to this podcast and you want us to film, like, a quick, like, behind-the-scenes video of just showing you, like, the room we record in and, like, what we usually do and just what our faces look like, you know, let us know and we'll do that and then we'll put it up on the Christian Artist um, YouTube channel that's automatically, you know, hooked up to our Gmail account for it. So I've always wanted to get that thing started but never really had the opportunity. So who knows? Maybe it will happen. Let us know in the comments. 
All right, Connor, go ahead and start us off with your number one pet peeve that Christians do. Okay, so there are plenty, there are plenty out there, and me and Caleb talked about this a little last night, and we know, we know there are plenty out there, and, and you know, took a little bit to decide on which one we wanted to do because we just kept coming up with new ones. <laughs> Um, but the number one thing that I absolutely hate is when people say, invite Jesus into your heart. Ah, uh, yes. Specifically around kids. That's fun. Because that is literally, in, like, I, I, I might have talked about this before on the podcast. Probably. But I, I think that is the worst thing you could possibly do on this planet. Really? Is to teach a kid the wrong way to accept. Ah. Uh, to, to, to I see what Christian. you're saying. Yeah, no, I, I might agree with that. Because <clears throat> um, Galatians 1 specifically talks about, you know, false teachers and... right. You're not teaching a different gospel. And I actually just figured this out. I was listening to Pastor John Aaron White from River right. Hills. And he said that the literal translation for um, let them be accursed yeah. is let them go to hell. Oh, nice. I, wow. I, I heard that. I literally gaped. It was like, what? Wow. So it's, it is actually, if somebody mm. goes around teaching a false gospel, yeah. leave them alone and let them not be a Christian. Wow. Let them go to hell. Like, wow. seriously. That's crazy. That's insane. I, well, okay, I don't know... I don't know if it necessarily means we should leave them alone. Obviously, you should try to correct them because if they claim to be a Christian, you should be judging them rightly and saying, hey, dude, you're not teaching yes, the right gospel. I, I feel like it's more like, don't bother with them, bother with the people they're preaching to. Uh, I see D- what you're just saying. Focus on them. That okay. should be your priority, sure, sure. not the person who's teaching I got teaching it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Cool. That, that's why um, we're doing this instead of going up to Joel Osteen and being like, right. well, an idiot. We just talk about him <laughs> yeah, yeah. to the people mm-hmm. so the people understand. It's uh, cool. uh, what a review is. Right. You're, you're you know, yeah, you're talking to the consumer yeah. and telling the, you're informing exactly. the consumer instead of informing the idiots. I mean, we should also <laughs> be doing that. I, I, yeah, I feel well, like if we can actually get someone in Hollywood to make a good movie, then it's like, oh, yeah, good job. I mean, oh, sure. there are people in Hollywood who make good movies. T- Mainly Shallows. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The Shallows. Shallows is a good movie. Yep. <coughs> but anyway. But yes. C- continue talking. So, yeah. So, I, I think that is the worst thing you could possibly do. That says in Galatians 1, you know, if anybody goes around preaching a different gospel, let them be accursed. And then he repeats himself. But then also... Um, in James 3, 1, it talks about holding the, the teachers are held to higher standards. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus says that it would be better for you to tie a millstone right. around your neck and throw yourself into the deepest part of the ocean than to harm a child. Mm-hmm. And what worse way to harm a child than to <laughs> preach to them a different gospel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that is the worst thing you could possibly do ever on this planet. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Is, I mean, is that your entire spiel Oh, yeah, I mean, that? yeah. It's like to ever teach a kid or anybody really yeah ever to ever to be like you know make a decision for christ right accept jesus into your heart uh-huh. so so unbiblical uh-huh. that i could spend i could spend an hour <laughs> explaining it but if you and if you're and if you're legitimately confused you're like oh no i i, I think that's good just read your bible like all yeah, day yeah. okay all day just read it yeah because the phrase accept jesus in your heart or any variation of it does not appear anywhere in scripture. No. It's always repent and believe. Yes. That's that's the command that Jesus gives and like all the prophets give and all the apostles give. It's repent and believe. So, you know, you have to turn from your sin and you have to believe that Jesus Christ has the power to keep you away from your sin and to pay for your sin. So. Yep. Good stuff. Is that, is that it? Yeah. Okay. I mean, 
That one's more self-explanatory. Though. Right, right. It's pretty simple. Yeah. So my number one pet peeve is uh, that the Christians do is when they, and this is usually subtler than than a lot of like you know the one that she's in my heart. It, you 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 kind of sense this with people a lot of times, like just the way they talk. You're like, oh, I think you believe this, but the, no one will ever really come right out and say it. Usually, because if they if they came right out and say it, they'd know they were wrong. Yeah, exactly. Like, Wait <laughs> a second. But but it seems like so many Christians like just assume that people are inherently good or have some sort of inherent goodness in them, at, or you know even just having like a balance of good and evil, and they have to fight between them, which none of which is biblical at all. You know, it it says. Uh, What's what's the verse with the the heart? Jeremiah yeah. seventeen. Jeremiah seventeen nine. And it was in Jeremiah. For the, I for the heart is deceitful above all exactly. things and desperately wicked. Who can yes. understand it? And there are so many other verses that literally just say there's nothing good about humans at all. <laughs> zero zero things good about humans. We numerous times in the Bible it says we cannot please God, which means that we can't repent on our <laughs> own being. We God. can't accept Jesus into our heart because we wouldn't be the ones doing that. Because that would please God. Obviously, it would please God if we repented, but we can't do that on our own. So that's why we need a savior in the first place. It's like with the the verse that says um, Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. Yes, <laughs> remember that. <laughs> yep, the, yep, yep. The what guy was Turn, talking turns about out that. that's actually about destruction. <laughs> He's rebuking them. He's rebuking the church. <laughs> He's not a polite guest. Yeah. You should put the video in the liner notes. Or just play it. No, just I won't play, play it. I won't play it. But yeah, no, it's 90 seconds. Just play no, it. I won't it's play great. it. I'll, I'll put it in the liner notes. Okay. Um, We don't want to just turn this into the what, pod- <laughs> the what podcast. <laughs> well, it's we know it's not. We're just playing one no, of the videos. No, I know. I'll, I'll look at the liner notes. Okay. But okay, so... uh, Yeah. It, because it, it gives the wrong impression of Christianity to anyone who's looking outside of it or to anyone who's inside of it, it it's like when, when you assume that, oh, this person is, is normal, you know, they're good. They're a good person. And then they just have some, you know, vices and stuff like that. And, we, and they need Jesus to kind of like straighten them out a bit, you know, right? But that literally, that's the that's the prosperity gospel for one. It's that you you need Jesus to be happy or to be a better person, but you don't need Jesus to save you from your wickedness or to save you from eternal damnation, which is the way the Bible teaches it. You like that's that's the heart of the gospel is that humans are depraved. And if you don't have that, so many other theological points will be like messed up. In your thinking, because if you start with a viewpoint that, oh, well, humans are kind of good and, and they can choose good and, and choose evil, you know, it's just kind of back and forth, then all of all of the rest of scripture won't make sense to you in the way that it should. Specifically hell. If exactly. If you don't believe that, if you believe that people are just kind of bad... Then, then, then you're like, what, God, thing, yeah. why would you send people to hell? Like, what kind of horrible person are you? But when you understand that people are the horrible people and that saying, oh, you're a horrible human being is really redundant because you're really just saying you're a horrible, horrible, <laughs> like literally <laughs> saying you're a human being should be an insult, <laughs> but you, um, human you human being, but when you understand that, then hell is a good thing. Hell is a just thing. Hell is a, a thing to praise God for because you're like, no, these horrible people, including myself, would be getting what we deserve. But then you also have another part of God's amazingness, which is his grace and mercy, that he would somehow save those people by, you know, sending his only son to die and by specifically a lot, you know, 
giving us the ability through the Holy Spirit to repent and believe. And when you don't have that understanding that, that humans are basically evil, and not because God created us that way, but because we chose to be that way through Adam's sin. We are willing participants in Adam's sin and in Adam's rebellion. That we are all to blame. We are the enemy in this story and God is the protagonist. Then everything else comes into comes into uh, into it. It lines up. I don't know what word I was looking for there, but it all lines up and it all makes sense. And scripture makes so much more sense that way that then you don't look at scriptures like, you know, the Sodom and Gomorrah episode and think, oh man, you know, Jesus or God is just like destroying a bunch of people and killing a bunch of people. And you, you look at like the Israelites and say, why, why did God like tell them to kill entire nations of people? It's because those entire nations of people were downright evil and there were no, there was no part of them that was good. Like every nation that has ever existed. Um, and, and God, the, the fact that God doesn't immediately smite all of us instantly is only an act of divine mercy and patience. Because if I was God, nope, you're all dead. Like, I'm not going to deal with this crap, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. And another another note to, to put in here is if there wasn't a hell, me and Jared, me and my friend Jared would definitely be out vigilanting right, right now. Right, right, right. We would go around. We, we I would literally going around killing hundreds of people daily yeah if there was no i don't know if i talked about this on the podcast before but that's one of the things that i've learned in like the last year i was listening to a sermon by tim keller and he was talking about like it's only in the comforts of this suburban lifestyle this this comfy american like dream can we ever believe that a god of just love and and i mean just as in like only love and mercy and grace if we only have that God, then everything will be peaceful and kind and everyone will love each other. If we only have a God of mercy and grace and love in air quotations, because real love is just, but you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> if we only have like a grace God or whatever, like the, the free love kind of God who gives grace to everyone, then we are the ones who have to take vengeance because vengeance won't be taken for us. We have to go vigilante if we want justice for anyone. And and that's a horrible place to be because that just incites this like vicious cycle of violence that just will never end. But when God is a just God, when God is a wrathful God and takes out punishment on evildoers, then we don't have to go vigilante. We don't have to be the person who invites incites justice on someone else. We can just be in peace, knowing that God has it taken care of, whether or not that person will get like eternal damnation and destruction in hell, like they deserve, or Jesus will take that punishment and they will be saved. Either way, the punishment has been taken. And that is the most important thing. So, all right. Uh, we're going to go ahead to ver famous verses that people take out of context. Go Connor. What was mine again? Uh, I don't remember. I, don't actually I mean, remember we mine. can both agree. We, uh, you know, we don't remember ours, but we can both just say off the bat, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Yes, yes. <laughs> and we can also put the one video. Yes, we can. For, for that in there too. Mm -hmm. So go ahead, explain yeah. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven is uh, the verse that you I mean you've probably heard it. Uh, I have a plan. For I have you. a plan. Yeah. I have a plan. Uh, I have a plan. And God, a purpose for your life. Yeah. Well, We're what, paraphrasing. What is it? What, I'm I, trying to remember the specifics. For I know the plans I have yes. to you, for you, declares the Lord. Plans to give you a hope and a future, so on and so yeah. forth. 
Um, and he's not talking to Christians. Yeah. He's, he's, he's actually talking to Jews, like <laughs> a specific yeah. generation of Jews. Yes. And when he was talking to that specific generation of Jews, they weren't even born yet. So, yeah. <laughs> so he was, he was speaking through, <laughs> through, a, through the prophet Jeremiah to the, the ancestors of the people who would eventually claim this promise. Yes. And it was literally about Babylonian captivity. Like it was specifically about that. Yep. Um, obviously you can take Romans, what is it? 328 where it's 828, 828. Um, for all right. Cause Romans together. eight is like the promise verse. Yeah. Yeah. A Christian for, promise verse or promise chapter. chapter where, yeah, it's, um, uh, everything will work out for your, uh, um, oh, well, what's, uh, man, this is so stupid. I don't know why I know these verses. Um, for God so loved the world. No. <laughs> <laughs> and we know that in all things, God's works to, we know it's that in all, I, I don't care. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That's actually a pretty good translation of that verse. It's, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. So there's that you can do instead. Oh, yes. And, and that, that means basically the same thing, except more in context of Christians where yes. it's like, God and, and then you look at the the surrounding verses of that verse and it's not just good like an ambiguous good like oh you'll you'll be happy and you know you'll have a great life it's talking about being conformed to Christ it's saying God will work this together for your good by conforming you to Christ's image by making you more like Jesus mm-hmm. it's not going to be how you think you're going to be but it is for your good however painful it might be it's ultimately going to be for your good because you're going to be more like Christ and that's the best thing you can be so so don't don't keep using Jeremiah 29:11 out of context yeah. <sighs> and and it's funny like when we tell people this they're like Oh, that's a good thing. Like, I'm glad you told me this. I'm still going to use the verse like this, but I'm, right. I'm very glad that you yeah. pointed this out to me. And it's like, no, you uh... don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> because what you're telling people, you're, you're giving people a false image of like. Yes, of God. That's of God. Yeah, exactly. You're saying God will, God has a plan for your life. Well, I mean, he does obviously, but like God has a, a plan to give you a hope and a future. That is not at all. You could die tomorrow. You could die tomorrow. Like, but but it's all good because God is good, and whenever He decides for this sovereign plan is good, and so you got to trust Him with that. Um, like seriously, God God will give you a future if you die the second you read that. God is there for a liar. <laughs> like guys, guys. What do you think I'll about think. That? Um, for Romans eight twenty eight, he's specifically talking to Christians. So this is not a verse that you can go around preaching to people. Right. I've heard people preach Jeremiah twenty nine eleven as street witnessing. Oh method. no. <laughs> oh no, that's even worse. Yeah. Um at a conference I went to once, somebody that we went around and like was asking people they, we, we went around and street witnessed. And then they went around and asking asking the people in the in the conference, you know, like what how it went, like what any spiritual conversations that you started up and the, before they would always, um, beforehand, they knew what they were going to say, but for this time they made the mistake of not doing that. So almost every single person, um, just said something weird and it was, it was just so awkward because you, you could just see the teachers like, Oh no, <laughs> what have we done? But there's this one guy, he said, I walked up to somebody said, God has a wonderful plan and purpose for your life and then i said have a good day and walked away 
And he said it just like that, too. And I was wow. like, are you Satan and trying to yeah. make me embarrassed? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Oh, man. But it was, it was painful. Yeah. So don't ever, no. ever use that as a street witnessing thing. Yeah, definitely. That's a complete lie. That, that is a lie. Yeah. Um, and don't use Romans 8.28 as a street witnessing thing no. either, either because it's talking to Christians. That's what's really funny, too, is, like, so many verses in the Bible, like, especially in the New Testament, obviously, because you'll you'll know why it's obvious after I explain, but are talking specifically to Christians about mm-hmm. Christians. It's not something that you can just universally say this is true about everyone. Yeah. It's, no, guys, like, he's saying... This is no. We're talking about Christians here. Mm-hmm. He's not saying you should do this for everyone. Like, you shouldn't. You shouldn't judge. You shouldn't go around like telling people that they're they're um doing like some specific sin and they should repent of that specific sin. If if they're not a Christian, because they're not gonna, they're just gonna hate you. Like, it's, yeah. it's not gonna make any sense. You need to tell them that they're a sinner and then you need to repent. But saying, oh hey, you need to work on this thing, isn't gonna help them at all yeah. if they're not saved. Hey. You keep using the F word, and I don't think I don't think God would be pleased by that. Well, I can't please God anyway, so, <laughs> so that should be an Adam that Fordy was, that, comic. That was such a Mickey thing to say. Well, I can't please God anyway, so well, that was a very Mickey thing to say. But okay, so I did remember the verse that um, I was going to do. It's Matthew eighteen twenty, which is where um, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. And everyone takes this verse two ways out of context. You can either say, all right, if we're here in prayer and there are two or three of us, you know, gathered here in prayer, then Jesus is going to be with us. And, and you know, we, we're praying and we'll be led by the spirit and stuff like that. Or you say, oh, you don't need to go to a church because we're two or three are gathered in my name. But that's the church right there. Jesus is there with us. Now, this verse is specifically talking about church discipline. This is literally talking about Hey, if these two or three guys say that you messed up and you did something wrong, I got their back. <laughs> That's literally what it's saying. Jesus is like, yeah, I'm, I'm with them. Like, <laughs> you need to stop. That's, and there you go. Yeah. Mog, mic drop. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Um. That don't use that verse out of context anymore. As a kid, like, it's just the coolest thing when, when you like hear something and you're just like, you know, that seems strange, seems but odd, I'm just gonna yeah. go with it. And then you get older and you're like, that's why I felt so weird about that. <laughs> I was totally out of context. Yeah, like, and somehow my 10-year-old brain knew that. Yeah, but I didn't I, know I, how seriously, to. Seriously, like, yeah. as a kid with the whole, when two or three are gathered together, like, it didn't work in my mm. theology. I was sitting there like, but God is Let's everywhere. <laughs> I don't, right. How is this a thing? I, it just didn't compute. <laughs> like, if God is everywhere, but he's only there when two or three Christians are there. And they have to be praying, like, oh, how is this? Where is God? Yeah. I don't... <laughs> but it's not saying, hey, I'm going to be there specifically. Yeah. It's saying, I mean, I am on their side when you're doing this church yeah. discipline. Like, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I will be with them. Like, that's church discipline. And, and Which is hilarious. You notice the church like... part, because... You got to go to church. Yeah. <laughs> Can't not go to church and call yourself a Christian. Well, which is hilarious because people will use this verse to say they don't have to go to church. I know. And it's about going it's about to church. about going to church. It's so funny. <laughs> it's great. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think there was like one more verse that I was thinking of off the top of my head that like we were talking about. Um, oh, um, I'll, I'll take that one. Okay, go ahead. It was the, um, whatever you do for the least of these brothers yes. of mine. Yes. Is, um, you know, you do for me. 
and then they said, you know. Yeah. Okay. So you you've all heard it in all the Christian songs, right? You gotta 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 bless the least of these. You gotta look out for the least of these, and we're always using the least of these to talk about the poor and the needy and whatnot. The least of these, my brothers, is the important part of that verse. The least of these, my brothers, means other Christians. We're not saying there are other verses that talk about being there for the poor and the needy and stuff like that. But in this verse specifically, Jesus is saying. Whatever you do for the least of these, my brothers, you do for me, which means being nice and and like helping other brothers and sisters in Christ means you're helping and you're 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 doing that for Jesus. You're, you, whatever you do to another Christian, you're doing to or for Jesus. So think about that. It's not about obviously you should go out and you know help the poor and the needy and stuff like that. You should obviously do that. But Christians should take. But preference. Christians. That's the priority. It's to build up the body of Christ, which means you also evangelize. So you're you're obviously like going and and evangelizing to people and trying to get people into the body of Christ. But discipling is the most important thing, not just just evangelism. I'm not saying evangelism. Evangelism is obviously important. It's the way that people get saved. If we didn't evangelize, no one would get saved. (laughs) That's the way it works. Um, and it's not because of us. It's because Jesus is like, Hey, this is the way I'm doing it. Do it. (laughs) Go evangelize. But it's way more important to disciple the person you have evangelized to and, and help them in the body of Christ and build them up as a mature Christian than to just go around to everyone you meet and say, Hey, God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. One, that's obviously we've already talked about this. That's not the way you, you evangelize. But it's there's no roots there. There's nothing is going to happen with those people. Even if you maybe do get a like a sincere convert, and then you just leave them, and you're like, oh no, I gotta go preach to all these people over here. They're like, hey, uh, I kind of need some help here. I don't know what to do. You're supposed <laughs> you to bring help him into them. the church, and he's just standing there like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Praise Jesus, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Then then all they fall into is the, you know. I mean, they, the, they'll probably fall into heresy because they won't yeah. understand what they're supposed to what do. Is, what is the word? Like, churchy. What's the word? Churchianity. Churchianity, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it'll be. Yeah. Um. What was I going to say? Yeah, so so one thing to remember, whenever Jesus or the apostles says, says brothers or sisters, he means other Christians. Um. There is not, I don't think there's a single instance that I have found where Jesus or the apostles uses the term brothers or sisters and they don't mean Christians. They're, they're, they will always talk about the lost or sinners or whatever and be very specific that they're talking about those people. If they make a general statement like, oh, all these brothers or something like that, they're almost definitely talking about just Christians. And they don't say Christians because the Christ, the, the word, word term Christian, Christian didn't exist. Didn't No, it did exist. Well, well not at that time. At that time. When Jesus but, said it, it didn't yeah, exist. Yeah, when Jesus said it, it didn't exist. But it was also a pagan thing. People, pagans would call Christians Christians. Mm-hmm. And Christians would call each other the saved or brothers and, yeah. you know. Um, the that redeemed, kind of, yeah, the redeemed, the elect, so, that yeah, kind of the stuff. elect. Um, they, they would call each other that they wouldn't call each other Christians because, um, the, the word Christian means, you know, Christ-like. Well, it means little Christ. Oh, little, little Christ. That's the, that's what it was. Yeah. Literal definition. Little Christ. So they, they, it's basically like a mocking term. 
Which, in I mean, it, it is an unlocking term in a way, but, I mean, the way we use it, it's fine. Like, oh, it, yeah, it means little Christ, calling each which means yeah. it, it means something good. Like, when you get yeah. down to it, it's like, I am supposed to be a little Christ. Like, that's literally yeah. what I'm supposed to be. So, good. That's cool. But, yeah. it It's, uh... I just find it so weird how we got that. Like, how did yeah. we... How did we get to calling ourselves what the pagans called us? It's mm. I, like I don't I don't get it. Like it's like all of it's the easy. all of the the people who weren't Christians called Christians Christians, and then they got saved and then continued calling themselves Christians, mm-hmm. and then they just passed it on like that. <laughs> like there's just this this thing. Mm-hmm. It's just it's weird. But okay. But I, I was gonna say with the least of these brothers of mine or whatever when you were talking about the uh, discipling and stuff. That it would be much better for you if you brought a hundred people into the church. It would be much better if you discipled one than just to bring a hundred yes, in. Because if you disciple one, then that person is we'll going disciple. to go out and disciple yeah. other disciples. Exactly. If you just bring a bunch of people into the church, they're just going to sit there. They're just yeah. going to, you know, be... And your job as a Christian is not is not to uh, evangelize someone, bring them to church, and then shove them at your pastor and say, yeah. oh, disciple pastor, him. <laughs> like, I did my job. Literally, the pastor's job is to equip you to do those things. Yes. It's not the other way around. It's not that you're making the pastor's job easier. You're like, oh, here you go. I'm bringing you converts. Like, you can disciple them now, right? It's the pastor's like, hey, I'm going to teach you guys how to evangelize, and then you got to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And how to disciple, and you got to do it. So go. Obviously, the pastor should be doing those things as well, because or else it's... Well, of course, because otherwise he'll be hypocritical. Exactly, but point still stands. Yes. Well, there you go. That was a good episode. Now, let's go ahead and do a mix and match real quick. Um, And if you don't know what a mix and match is, we haven't done it in a while, but basically it's um, Connor and I are going to ask each other two questions, or ask each other one question each. And whatever our answers are, um, we're just going to mix it together. And try to make like a store, a little snippet, like of a story idea or some sort of art related thing, whatever it is. So let's, we got to think of questions. Okay. got mine. Okay. All right. So my question for you is what is your favorite kind of bird? What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably an owl. Owls are pretty cool. Okay. Owl. What's your question for me? What's your favorite anime character? My favorite anime character? Ooh, that's all tough. time. See, my favorite anime of all time is Death Note, but I don't know if any of my favorite characters necessarily come from there. Um, what about the poofy guy, poofy hair guy, Afro guy. Okay, does does anime count as Avatar: The Last Airbender? Sure. Okay. Well, then Sokka. <laughs> <laughs> Sokka <Wow>. and an <laughs> owl. <laughs> How, how are we going to mix this together? I don't think we're going to. <laughs> I mean, literally, it's, okay, a character in a story. It's like a fantasy world or whatever. It doesn't have to be, but that probably sounds like a word going, where it's basically Sokka's personality, so sarcastic and he loves meat. <laughs> and he's an owler. Like, he he literally, like, I mean, he, is he breeds in, owls. He does that one time. He has that falcon. He has the falcon. Yeah, yeah, which flies away falcon-y. at the end of the episode, but, you know. Um, Which would have been awesome if he'd stayed. Yes, I know. It's so cool. But uh, yeah, so it's he's an owler. Like he 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 breeds owls and like has them hunt for for food for him. And like 
It's just a thing. He just has them hunt meat for him, and he just sits there yeah. and sarcastically remarks his owls and then eats meat that it brings to them. Okay, so so we should write a short story about this guy who just uh, has a bunch of owls, and what ha- what is the inciting incident? Like, what happens to shake up his world of owls? All of his owls become vegetarians. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what? What's going on? Oh, okay, that's kind of interesting. What if there's some sort of magical thing? Like, man, on a magical curse or something like that. Makes that like owls vegetarian. No, not that specifically. <laughs> but, like, switches, randomly switches an animal's or human's diet. Where they suddenly have an intense craving and need for the another another food. Oh, no. Just owls start attacking him. And he's oh, like, no. no, guys. That would be really sad. Uh, just a guy who likes me is sarcasm. <laughs> that would be so sad. Ugh. Ugh. No. Literally, just have the whole story be there's a magical curse that makes his owls want to eat him. Yes. And to, they just. He has to save his owls. From he he either has to <laughs> try to save his owls or choose to, like, kill them all. So, so he, like, locks himself in, like, a closet, like, in his, like, owlery. And they're, like, rabidly like scratching at the door trying to, to to attack him and he's just like i can't and then he just like you know grabs out like a, a like a, a knife or something like that and just opens up the door slightly and just like starts stabbing all the owls and he's just like crying while he does it because he loves them all so much <laughs> no no wow this is a really depressing story it's terrible it's terrible it's poor owls <laughs> Orsaka. <laughs> no. All right, all right. I'll put that in my bank of stories, and maybe I'll leave something you like that someday. Terrible human being. <laughs> well, there you go. So that has been Christian cliches and owls. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag rabbit owls. Hashtag rabbit owls. Is our hashtag? Yes. If you wanna tweet us? Yes. Do yeah. that. All right. Thank you, guys, so very much for listening. I uh, hope this episode was interesting. Um, random fun fact, I am now using a new program to, uh, record and edit these episodes. Uh, it's called Adobe Audition, if you've heard of it. It's part of the Adobe Creative Cloud package, and, uh, Dad and I, uh, just got a subscription to it, a student subscription, because I'm a student, and you Woo. get 20, like, you get a little, like, a 50% discount. It's great. Nice. So, uh... At least until you're out of college. Yeah, I know, but I'll be in college for a couple more years yet, yeah. so we can get some stuff out of that. Deal and then you'll be in college, so we can just use you right. as that. So Okay. Chase just has to skip a few grades. Yeah. And to take a break. <laughs> we'll just constantly get that student discount. Mm-hmm. Or I'll like be a teacher or something, and then I'll get a discount to that, too. There. So. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Show at Twitter at christ underscore art underscore show and on our website at christianartishow.com thank you very much for listening again have a great owl filled day And I have been old enough to know, but too young to care. Let's you and me make an I have been old enough to know. What are you saying? Too young to no. care. Oh my goodness, Connor. You don't know the lyrics of this song. I don't. I, I, I know I Let's don't. Let's you and me make a night of it.
What were you singing? Whatever he was singing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He sounds very strange when he said that. You were part, like, so. make a night of it. Like, <laughs> make a night of it. Except without a, without the T. Make a night of it. Old enough to know. Okay, well, so I thought you were saying like something completely different. No, that's, that's what I always say because I don't, I, don't, I don't, that's just what he sounds like he's saying. I never hear the T. Okay. You know you don't hear the T. There's no T there. <laughs> I don't, I don't, There's I'm no just tea. usually singing along, so. There's no T.